the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air yeah. And the screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair Can't be scared when nickels down Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now Only thing that's on my mind Is who's going this town tonight Hey, welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show We are live in studio It is Thursday Welcome to Thursday We are back in the studio Demery Lachey is here in studio. Kwame Laster shall be joining in, calling in on the show a little bit later here. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show any day, any time, Monday through Friday, except for Wednesdays, and which is our off day. But, yes, today is Thursday. We backed up Tuesday on a phenomenal show. You know, we were discussing a lot about the NFL free agency. A lot of moves were not being made, and the deadline was coming up. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon on Wednesday afternoon was the deadline, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. You know, some huge names out there. One in particular, actually two in particular, two wide receivers, uh, big time wideouts in the NFL organization, and one being with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, and that being Des Bryant. Now, Des Bryant has been rumored, um, came out publicly, spoke upon it either via Twitter or radio shows or. Um, just all over. Any any aspect where he could speak out, he's spoken his word. He made it known in the fact that, you know, he was not going to play ball games unless he signed this new deal. And his new deal better had guaranteed money within it. Not only him, but also the Denver Broncos wide receiver, Demarius Thomas. I mean, both of these guys are both elite-level receivers, especially in the red zone where they dominate the – the game, period. Uh, I think Demarius Thomas does a little bit more on his offensive standpoint for his team. He's counted on a little bit more with Peyton Manning as his quarterback than the Des Bryant. Des Bryant, he just he changes the field, you know. He changes the game. He has the defensive coordinator, you know, on his heels because you don't know if he's going to attack you deep, go short. Um, if they have a strong running game, which is unknown right now because of DeMarco Murray leaving town. Uh, you got to keep your eyes out for Jason Witten on that Cowboy offense. I mean, it's just a lot of weapons. So, therefore, Des Bryant has an important role because you don't know when he's going to come at you with that with that clutch moment, that clutch catch, that big home run play. You just don't know when. You know, it could be a quick screen pass. He could take off for 30, 40 yards. You just, you just don't know. And the simple fact, this guy is ready for his payday. I mean, I think he, he's been leading the NFL, what, ever since he – Got into the NFL and receiving touchdowns, especially in the red zone. He's a killer. Demarius Thomas, the same deal for the Denver Broncos. I mean, he's really took his game from from good to great since the arrival of Peyton Manning. Yeah, you can thank Peyton for coming to town and for having a consistent quarterback. But even before that, you know, Demarius Thomas was making noise when he just had Tim Tebow at the quarterback helm. So both of these guys were due. Um over the contracts, you know, are were coming up, and Dallas Cowboys, Des Bryant became the number two 
now number two most paid receiver in the NFL, right behind, and still number one, I believe, the best receiver in the game is Calvin Johnson for the Detroit Lions. And I think this is a great place for Des. I mean, he's not necessarily, you know, a dead, a Calvin Johnson caliber, uh, I don't know how you say that, how can I say this, body figure? I don't know. Like, he's, Calvin Johnson's on that whole nother level. It's the reason why his nickname is Megatron. This guy's unprofessionally built. It's crazy. And then you got a guy like Des, you know, he, he doesn't have, you know, he he's still a big frame receiver. He's still, you know, one of the best athletes in the game, especially at that position itself. Dominates in the red zone, plays hard every play. Just just dominate the ball game. It helps Tony Roma, helps that Cowboys offense so much. If you take Des Bryant out of that Cowboys offense, yes, you do have a, still an all-pro quarterback in Tony Romo. You still have a great offensive line. You still have an all-pro tight end in Jason Witten. But that's about it. And that's a huge factor for the Dallas Cowboys and where their success has came from and where it is now. I mean, you take that away from the passing game, they're they're going to be one-dimensional. You're going to really have to depend on that offensive line play. You're going to come with, you really got to trust Tony Romo's arm, you know, without a doubt, his decision-making with, with no doubts. Jason wouldn't, wouldn't be able to take one playoff. He's getting up there in, in father time. In, in his years in football, Jason Witten is getting up there. So is Tony Romo. Des Bryant brings that that kind of a, like, just that cool, just, just that cool breeze that, you know, what the Cowboys really need. Get, if you ever went into a season without Des Bryant for the Dallas Cowboys, it'll be a struggle. They'll be a below average offense. Guarantee. I mean, I, I believe Jason Witten would still be an all-pro. Tony Romo would still have his numbers, but it, he would they would not be able to stretch the field, change up defenses, um, the way that that offense presents, not just on paper, but the way they play on Sundays as well. Same deal with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, they have an elite slot receiver, um, number two guy in Emmanuel Sanders. I think he's going to have the best year of his career. Because so much attention is on Demarius Thomas and that Denver Broncos offense, that running game goes off the passing game because how quick Peyton Manning can get the ball off when he does not get sacked. And then he can attack you deep. And he has one of the biggest targets in the game, one of the biggest targets, not Calvin Johnson target size, but he's one of the, he's up there. You know, he's, he's nothing to play around with. He's nothing to just, you know, scooch over and not read about. I mean, Demarius Thomas is an elite receiver. It was time for him to get elite pay. And rumors and regular, you know, Demarius Thomas even said himself, you know, he's going to play regardless, especially with the Super Bowl contending team and how that offense is made. And plus, plus having the support of that defensive front that the Denver Broncos has put together, it's time for that guy to get paid. Yes, he was a Super Bowl contending team, but unlike Des Bryant, he said he was going to play this season, in which I have no doubts about. Joining us on the show, Kwame Lasseter is here on the phone lines. I'm here, baby. Kwame, sure. what's going on? Let's let's get your take. It, it was it was some it was some deals that have finally been made. I think they were passed overdue for the past couple of years. Um, even this season in the summer, it took it took a lot of time to finally you know 
nail these guys down to their roster spots, and I'm talking about Des Bryant for the Cowboys and Demarius Thomas for the Denver Broncos becoming the number two and the number three most paid receiver behind Calvin Johnson. I think that's a respectful position uh, for these two wide receivers. I think it was uh, um, well when they had that when the NFLPA came out say they're going to be charged or they're going to investigate some inclusion. Uh, why these two guys isn't signed? And if you remember, I said something about that Tuesday. Whereas I can't, I, I know it's a business, but when you look at those two guys and what they've done, don't say it's Tony Romo, don't say it's Peyton Manning. These guys got to catch the ball, get away from defenders who study all week to defend them. So it's not anything special that they, uh, that they, the defenses are doing. These guys are making plays. So when they, when they threaten, and in Dad's Bryant situation, it was more okay. You think I'm playing with you? If I don't get a deal, if I don't get in the deal, when I saw it, it was okay. That's Brian. I think he could have got more, but he got a lot of guaranteed money up front. So uh, that'll suffice for the next three years before he said I need a new contract. But these guys got what they they got what they um, wanted, and that's mm-hmm. some insurance. You want them to go to practice under the franchise franchise tag and possibly get hurt, and then they can't reach a good deal. If business and owners and companies look out for themselves, then the players should be able to do the same thing. And I'm not saying every player deserves it. I do believe in honoring your contract, your contract, but as long as that goes both ways. And, and you're right. As well uh, deserving, well overdue, you can't ask a guy who means what he means to you, your franchise, your offense, and that offense being different, and then convertedly say, well, we had a good running game. But well, one thing works for and helping the other. You do have a good running game, Dallas Cowboys. There's Brown's a huge, there's Brian's a huge part of that because sometimes you got to double team them. That takes the guy out of the box. That takes the guy out of what you're trying to do offensively. So the contract is well deserving. Demarius Thomas in Denver and uh, there's Brian in Dallas. So they, they deserve it. Yeah. And to add on to that, you know, the day in the era of, you know, a lot of coaches are coming out saying the day of, you know, that number one receiver. Is uh is dead, you know. A lot of people say that that number one spot, a number one receiver, your Randy Moss, your Terrell Owens, you know, that number one guy receiver is dead. I don't believe so. I think it's just you know just revolutionized. I think it's just at a different aspect of the game. Take like I was stating before, you know, take Des Bryant away from uh, Tony Romo. Take him, Demary, take Demarius Thomas away from Peyton Manning. I think you alluded on this as well. I mean, yeah, you got weapons around you. Yeah, you have a decent running game. I don't think it's a great running game in Denver, honestly, because of Demarius Thomas. If you take him away from that offense, it'll be a struggle. I mean, it, I think it'll be a below-average offense, even with Peyton Manning at the helm. I mean, he, he will do so much with Emmanuel Sanders, and, you know, he'll find a way. It's Peyton Manning, but look at the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that— that decision maker would be so limited for Tony Romo in the, in this in the city of Dallas and playing on Sundays for him. Yeah, especially when you have to pass the football. Then Dallas has a, a receiver over there, a young guy who's coming to his own. You would think at some point he'll be a number one guy. And the same the same way the Dallas Cowboys found a Dez Bryant, they can go find another receiver just like him, but it's going to take two or three years. But you've got a guy who's instrumental in what you're trying to accomplish, and that has to be the Super Bowl. Dallas Cowboys, so-called American team, and that, that's arguably uh, what they, who they are, but it's been that way for a long time. So you want the best players, 
and the guys are going to help you get it done, uh, and that's the Super Bowl. And, and we talked about how huge their cheerleaders are. They, they got TV shows. They got they do big sponsors. They can generate millions of dollars, yeah. and those are just the cheerleaders because of the marketing. But now you're talking about marketing with a guy who's not going to run the field, and he had to make a threat to get on that field. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of receivers. I agree. You can make them say they're number one receivers, but that's all predicated on what you have and how your office is run. Dez Bryant alleviates a lot of pressure off Tony Romo, Jason Witten, and that running game. Yeah. And if you take him off, then you don't have anybody to pass through. Now I can double-team. Or oh, I don't have to double-team receivers. Now I can put another man in the box to stop your run game. Right. Taking Dez away from the Cowboys, yeah, it's not going to hurt the Cowboys, you know, culture. It's not going to hurt what they're known for. According to Forbes' list, I mean, they they dropped the list, uh, I think it was yesterday, two days ago, I read about it. Um, you know, they dropped the list of top ten, you know, sports, uh, you know, income or what what his team is worth. Cowboys are up at number two tied with the Yankees at $3.2 billion. So, yeah, without De- with or without this, the Cowboys are still going to be the Dallas Cowboys, you know, culturally. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of that money some of that money, everybody has to play with the same amount of money. That's why when free agency comes, it can mess up your team or it can help your team. Because everybody, some teams have more money that they didn't spend. But you have to play with the same amount of money. You might have a roster full of average guys, so you don't have to spend a lot of money. So now you got a little bit more to spend next year. But it also sets the team back and start winning a year or two. But the, 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 you're talking about the revenue that they generate, the Yankees, Patriots, the uh, Cowboys. Yeah. They make a lot of money, but they, they are known as winning team. Right. Winning team either over time or just in a certain era. They're known as a winning team, uh, the winning organization, period. So, on, honestly, they could take a year or two off, but still, they're still going to be a billion-dollar prize. Uh, right now, I think, yeah, the Washington Redskins made the top ten list. I, I believe they were number nine. And they had over like two point six billion or something. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about the skins. They 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 keep money over there. I'm like, wow. They used to overpay players. I now I understand why. You know, these coaches or the <laughs> the organization doesn't want to change the team name. Um, generating two point six billion. Now I see why Native American culture is asking, hey, you know, these are cut us some, you know, something or change the name. You know, now I understand because when that list dropped out, I was I was very surprised to see that. Um. Well, they make a lot of money off that name Redskins. Man, that, I, I'm saying. But, but <laughs> they forgot how that name came to Redskins. They don't understand the, the the background and history of why they are called Redskins because of the scalping. Right. So, and anytime you would, it, it's this is greed. It's all about money. If I got to change the name, I got to change everything as far as uniforms, colors, marketing. If you're a great marketer, you can get that done, even if you call it. Washington, um, it can't be the Capitals because there's a hockey team out there. Right. But they can come up with a name that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we, we stated before um, where the NFL has changed, especially at the wide receiver position. Um, it's very impactful, but at the same time, you know, the, the day of that number one receiver has died, you know, quote-unquote, of a number one target. I really don't believe it's necessarily dead. And and I was the one speaking out on it before, on saying, you know what, it, it is gone. You know, you don't need that top receiver anymore. To be dominant in your offense, you sure do. Because even looking at the uh, Arizona Cardinals, take Larry Fitzgerald off the team, 
and you're still going to have a little little question marks in that offense. Even though he has, a, even though last year was not very impactful from a Larry Fitzgerald standpoint, it was still take him away. Those double teams against Larry does not open the other side of the field of one on one coverage for like a Michael Floyd or a John Brown. It's just a different view. Take T.Y. Hilton away from the NFL, away from the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, Andrew Luck is scrambling, looking for help. Um, yeah, he has some key guys coming in position now, but take T.Y., that dominant deep threat, Deshaun Jackson, take him off the Redskins. I mean, it's just a whole different ball game. So has the number one receiver, you know, image died in the NFL? Not necessarily. It's just revolu- revolutionized. I think it's just a whole different pinpoint nowadays. Well, you know why they say that, too. Because when you look at successful teams like the Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts and their passing attack, when you look at those guys, when you look at the Indianapolis Colts and what they do with their receivers, T.Y. was probably the number two guy over there, but he played like a number one. When you can get the ball in those guys' hands quick, you don't need anybody really so much to stretch the field. If you got a guy like that, that's all, I mean, that's icing on the cake. But all these under routes and these crossing routes, that's why you don't they think you don't need a number one. But in, in the Dallas case, I would take that number one receiver all day long in Darius Bryant and Demarius Thomas with the Denver Broncos. I'll take a number one and call him a number one. Mm-hmm. And everybody else just get open because they got, they got two or three guys over there. We watch how Denver operate. We know what Peyton Manning needed. So they had three guys that you can say, this week he's the number one, next week this guy be number one because they all that ball was distributed equally. Um, or what, depending on what defense they showed up, anybody could get that football. Right. Coming up after the break, we're going to discuss more of these free agency moves. Where, you know, where do the Cowboys stand now? Where do the Broncos stand now against the AFC? Also, the U.S. Open has kicked off today. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports hi this is jake the snake plumber you're listening to kwame lassiter sports talk with demery lachey and doug bremer they're legit check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hi, this is Larry Sinners. You're on Sports Talk, Kwame Lasseter, with Demi Lachey and Doug Bramer. These guys know sports. Talk show 888-888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Join us on the show anytime, any day of the week, Monday through Friday, except Wednesdays. Demi Lache is here in studio. Kwame Lasseter was online on the phone with us earlier. Uh, shall be calling back here soon as well. Yesterday, um, if you're watching and viewing, I didn't get a chance to see, but I'm pretty sure I will see plenty of replays. Uh, last night was the Aspies Award, and... Um, it was a lot of buzz uh, being talked about. It was, I mean, Twitter was just going in. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch it. I was at a dinner last night, a uh, little going away event for a friend who was going to Farmington, New Mexico. Never been there. Never really heard much about it. The way she explained it is it's one of those small towns where it's basically one Walmart, one Buffalo Wild Wings, one hospital. It's just everything of one. Uh, sounds like a small area, but she said it's not it's not as hot as, as it is in the valley. And there's trees and grass. And I was like, oh wow, this sounds like the, it sounds like the Midwest a little bit. Um, but so with me being at that going away dinner, I obviously was not paying anything towards the uh, last night SB awards. But there was a lot of buzz being talked about. Uh, of course, you know the contracts of the NFL uh, players, Demarius Thomas and Des Bryant was being discussed throughout the night uh the red carpet event you see russell wilson showing up with um hip-hop artist sierra you see uh you know odell beckham jr dressed and impressed i mean all the stars and the lights were out uh peyton manning gaining you know the nfl player of the year award gronkowski comeback player of the year that's three nfl players in the past four years I mean, it was it was a pretty amazing night one story that really caught my attention, and I think it caught everyone else's that stood out to me in a positive aspect, is uh, the defensive tackle and Devin Steele, he, you know, he accepts the Jimmy V Award. In which the Jimmy V Award is basically, you know, award awarded to, you know, either an athlete or a family towards, you know, professional sports that has gone through, you know, life changes, life uh, kind of, you know, dealing with cancerous changes, you know, who's fighting through, you know, giving a speech like old coach, old ball head coach and Jimmy V uh, before his time passed on. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great honor when ESPN, you know, uh, gives out this award and it's a great deal, you know, seeing, you know, defensive tackle Devin Steele talk about his daughter Leah. Um you know, he teared up. 
I, I saw some of the highlights, some of the re- reviews from it. Um, it was it was just a great aspect. It touched everyone around, you know, Twitter Nation, Instagram Nation. I mean, the whole social media was going wild. Um, and it's not the first time, you know, Devin still has came out and made it, you know, came out to the public about his daughter and what she's going through, what she's fighting, how much he's hurting, how much he's loving it, how much he's, you know, just fighting for her, her cause. And, you know, everything is going very positive right now in the Steele household. And especially with Leah Steele, I mean, it's it was awesome. It was awesome to read about and to v- review. You know, I didn't really catch too much of the other aspects, but definitely uh, that part stood out to me, the highlights that I've seen. Kwame Lasseter is back with us. Did you get a chance, Kwame, to, you know, kind of review or look through or see the ESPYs? I was out at a, at a dinner, so I didn't get the chance to, to see the ESPYs. I was, uh, no, I didn't watch the ESPYs this year. I didn't see any of it. Uh, uh, what I saw was pretty much Internet stuff. Right. Um, but I didn't get to fully watch the show. Yeah. Having traveling in and out of the airports. Right. And, I can't wait till this is all over. But, no, I didn't get to see it. Mm-hmm. I know the story was more about, not not just more about, but it was a huge part of, uh, you know, the young girl. Oh, yeah, Leah Steele. Yeah. And Malcolm, oh, I, oh, um, oh, I'm sorry. What's that? No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, it was more, it was more of that, the basketball girl who, who's bowling. Yeah, yeah, Lauren, uh, I can't Lauren think Hill. Yeah, Lauren Hill. Yeah, so that was, that was, and there was a lot of that on a lot of the uh, social media and stuff like that, which I knew the story in the basketball team she was with. So that was the, uh, that was more of the story I heard as far as ESPYs and all that. I didn't see it was player of the year and all that stuff, or, or whatever awards they give out. I didn't see any of those. Yeah, um, I mean it was a couple awards that went out. Stephen Curry got the best male athlete of the war of the year. Uh, the funny thing, funny one that stood out to me that I seen, you know, social media wise was uh, Ronda Rousey beating out Mayweather at the ESPYS for uh, the best fighter. And you know she threw a couple of jabs, you know, towards Mayweather, saying, "Dang, it's the first the first time you ever got beaten by a female." You know, throwing jabs. I mean, <laughs> oh wow, that was yeah. Because remember, he, remember, he was domestic violence. Right, right, right. And disrespectful right there. Yeah, she she low I, I mean, it's disrespectful that she got the award and not him. That's very true. Um, when he does, and you want to keep women equal, then okay, I don't want to hear no more about it. You want to keep all things equal, then if she got the award and she deserved it, then let that be what it is. But don't tell me what he does for a living. And, he, and what she does for living is the same thing. No, it's two totally different things, and that's what Floyd Mayweather definitely comes out and speaks about every time. But, you know, he doesn't say too much because it's a woman dominating her sport. So he'll touch up on it like you can't, you know, give her so much respect. Look what I've done, you know, 43-0, and 0, or how many ever wins he has. He's, he's up there, you know, undefeated, pound for pound, for pound in his rankings. You know, he, he just does it. He performs. The one award that I really just did not get, um, in which it, it pays a lot of respect, it's the Arthur Ashe Award. It's the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Mrs. Miss Caitlyn Jenner received the award, and you know gave gave out a great, great speech on trans people that deserve you know your respect. Uh, that was pretty much her his her main concept what you wanted to touch on you know how trans need to come out and step up 
Uh, she accepted the award, the Arthur Ashe Award at the ESPYs. You know, while urging, you know, she had a lot of respect going on and people were, you know, giving her a lot of feedback, but also saw the, the negative feedback on Twitter. Not really negative, but just, you know, just kind of confused, in which I am as well. You know, just, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we were talking about this yesterday while I was at the dinner. You know, the conversation came upon, like, you know, I was like, it, it basically, it was kind of like, do you respect? kind of like what the courage she's gone through and now the simple fact that you made that change in your life why support or why have so much you know publicity behind it why you know you got to get that image out there do you support that aspect of it or do you what what part of it do you support Kwame because we you know we were talking about this yesterday I'm gonna give it to you straight up like it was just you know it was just back and forth conversation you know, which part would you support? I am, um, you know, I, I'm really 100% to each his own, and I don't uh, judge people for what they are, what they become. Right. Especially I try to get all the information and the research on the psychological part of it, the evals, the psychological evals, the where you from, mental states, and all the, and why you feel the way you feel. And, and there's so much talk about, you know, this is a, this is a, a born thing. No one has taught this, and I chose this lifestyle. And obviously, uh, Bruce Jenner, who is now uh, Caitlyn Jenner, has been feeling this way for years. So maybe, you know, and, and I haven't done any evals on on the whole situation, like who's who and what's what. But I, but when I saw the award and I saw the recipients, mm-hmm. I me would have gave the award to one or two other people before that, and that just takes a lot of courage to come out in this world we live in and be what it is. It takes a lot of courage to do that and then hold your ground about it. But when when you're trying to promote something and market something, and I'm not talking about Caitlyn or Bruce. I'm not talking about, who oh, let them call her Caitlyn because that's who we're talking about and that's who got the work. Mm-hmm. I'm talking more of the society and who people are and what we are and what we try to do with upper level, higher level people. When you're trying to get a point across, sometimes things like that happen. It's kind of like giving a trophy to uh the sec- uh, first place guy giving him the second place trophy because you want to make a point about what the first place uh, uh, why the guy who's won it or the female who won it didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I, when you're talking about Arthur Ashe and the Carriage Award, I don't. I was. I had other options. There's a lot of carriage in military uh, that that you could gave it to, um, and I actually had a list of some stuff. But when I get back into the studio. Well, when we talk about this again, I will tell you who was more deserving of a courage award. It's just the time we're living in now, right now, why that was so prevalent that it made sense. Okay. But, and then I see silly things like, as you saw, the, you saw the social media nonsense and social media uh, support to Caitlyn. And I saw something that said, uh, you call uh, Caitlyn a, a, a pretty girl, but you call Serena and say Serena look like a man. Mm-hmm. That's the talk you have with things when things like this come about, um, and one thing had nothing to do with the other. We talking about carriage of a, of a people holding something in and didn't want to be who they are, and then they overcome it, and then they accept by a wide variety of people in this society, in this country, in this world. Um, we talking about that type of carriage, mm-hmm. that life changing carriage stuff. So not a football play or a basketball shot or. or 
or coming back from an injury or something like that. We're talking about life-changing carriage right. in a sense where, so, but that, I do have way better candidates than, than that because we just had that with Michael Sam's in the carriage award. Didn't he get it last year or two years ago? Yeah. 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 He so. received it. Yeah. He, he was, yeah, he received it. Uh, I want to say two years ago now, um, yeah, see, see the difference between that and Michael Sam. Michael Sam came out as the first gay man and college and athlete and pro. Caitlin is transcending his or her entire life appearance and what or what from Bruce to Caitlin and what he or she was hi- or not hiding, but well, we were hiding because the carriage wars you had to be hiding something. You had to come out and say, "Well, enough is enough." Mm-hmm. But that transcended the whole body change and everything, and everything. So that's that's what it was. But again, I, there's other candidates that I would I could have chosen from when we talk about some carriage and life and threat and stuff. Right, and I agree. Um, I don't believe, you know, I don't believe it would be that much attention if he had nothing. Say if he would have came from a different background than where he was just at and with the Kardashian clan family background and which he was involved with at the time when he was Bruce. But now being Caitlyn and all, you know, aspect behind that. And I think that that put his stage to a whole nother level. Yeah, he was a former Olympian. Um, he competed well. But now she, you know, went through the Kardashian clan is which the world is just surrounded and just brainwashed with which I don't understand, I think that had a lot to do with that as well. Uh, yeah, because when you, you're talking about, I think, and um, I hear where you're going, hear where you're coming from. I, um, Bruce Jenner just being the Olympic that he was, he was he was like the best thing going around when they were promoting the Olympics, and he was the best Olympian a lot of time at that point. And, and I'm not saying... Uh, you know, where I come from, you know, you got Jesse Owens and stuff, and what it meant to see Jesse Owens do what he did mm-hmm. for the, a, a country who didn't really support him at the end of the day for being an Olympics. And Bruce Jenner, if he was just that Olympic guy, I'm telling you, he was huge. Cereal box, weed box, and all that stuff, huge. Then we, I, I don't know if we're seeing the same award, the carriage award at this point, but him being on TV and being in the national spotlight, and watching that transform from the zero, from the beginning of that life, that reality, until where it be, that show end up becoming, and on different facets of that show that spun off from the uh, Kardashians, what have you. Mm-hmm. That right there, keeping him in the spotlight, made it more prevalent to give him that courage award, which is still an award that he had to have courage to be overcome, to become who he is today, uh, Caitlyn. Right. But... You're right. If it wasn't if he wasn't on TV consistently, and we didn't know the story, and he just popped up one day and said, "This is this is me and what I'm doing." I don't know if he gets that award. Right. There, I mean, there, I I don't think there's any way. I think it would just be a, a story, you know, throughout the news. But there's no way he would get the Arthur Ashe Award. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Um, you know, it was. I mean, the SBS. I heard. You know, it was, it was a pretty phenomenal show. Um, Devin still also touched a lot of hearts. I know I spoke about th- about that before. 
uh, with you know dealing with his daughter Leah. Uh, his his speech was amazing. I mean, it, it was a great you know great deal. It was awesome. He touched a lot of individuals. You know, it wasn't the, the reason why I guess I'm a, I was a bigger fan of you know his his speech, his award, the Jimmy V Award. It's because it wasn't about him. You know what I'm saying? He didn't like point the finger. Look at me. Look what I've been through. It was kind of like, you know, look at my daughter. Yeah, I'm I'm in the NFL. You know, I'm in and out the league. You know, my roster spot was it's never guaranteed, but he he has played several games in NFL thus far. But it's not the aspect of like, you know, look at me necessarily. It's like she needs help. We need help. We've been doing this for fight for years. We, you know, the fans were showing oh tremendous support. And you can look at the Jimmy V Award every year and get emotional every yeah, year. Yeah. And it's only because it's not because of, you know, look at, look at me, me, me. It's like, look what we have become. Look, help, you know, the world get better. Let's beat cancer type deal. It's amazing, you know. They they show a lot of respect, the ESPYs, you know, into cancer yeah. research and cancer, just just period, you know, trying to beat it, trying to go to that next level, that next step. And it, it's not a me cool. award. That's why Stuart Scott was so emotional also, because yeah. it, it just falling off of Jimmy V. Jimmy V was creating something that that, that, that whole world can, uh, you know, be involved with and benefit from. And I'm not saying what Caitlin did, because there might be some kids and some people that want to have that type of courage that Bruce Jenner had. It may be. It might, you know, it may work out for you. You feel free when you're not stressed every day. You're not thinking. You're not trying to hide anything. When you don't have anything to hide, you have a... You have a regular life, but mm-hmm. it may be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one guy that didn't that did not make make it to the ESPYS this season this year uh, was Nick Saban. It's the reason why Plexico Purse is really not that happy with it. Hopefully, he didn't have another excuse. Coming up in the last segment, we will discuss about this Nick Saban. That's why. <laughs> We're going to discuss more on this Nick Saban Plexico Burris issue right after the break here. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We are broadcasting from the Phoenix studios at voiceamerica.com. Variety Channel, Going Global with Gas Man is the show that you are listening to. And joining me today is Sean Morley from the WWE, otherwise known as Val Venus, the big Val Boski. Hello, ladies. <laughs> and he's also got a third identification as well. He Absolutely. is Captain Cannabis. Live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time on the voiceamerica.com Variety Channel. Going global with gas. 
Man, how the hell do they know that I got gas? This is Jerome Buda Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lassa's Sports Talk with Dan Marie Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back into the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144 is the number to call in and join us on the show. Demery Lachey is here in studio. Kwame Lasseter here is on the line with us. You know, we were just discussing about the ESPYs. Moving into the funniest, I mean, I don't know if this can go into our rant segment or uh, Plastico Birds just took over our rant segment for the day um, with him going off and, you know, Com- uh, commenting on you know the comments that Nick Saban was made has made towards you know the focus of the players of his own players that he's the head coach of at Alabama Crimson Tide and they're not focused at the Ohio State game. Now prior to the game, you know a lot of draft boards are being presented, uh, positions, rankings, grades are being presented to not only. You know the seniors as about that are about to graduate, play their last ball game, but potentially their last ball game, or you know it goes all the way down to the juniors and sophomores. So everyone sees it, whether you're playing or whether you're not, whether you're the coach, you know, in which you got to pay attention to. You got to you know teach your guys, coach your guys up on you know, hey, you got to ignore some of this stuff. Don't pay attention to it. Blase, blase. Keep playing, you know, your game. That wasn't the sense that happened with uh, Nick Saban. Um, he presented this comment after, after the fact, way after the fact they lost to taking Ohio State, which in which yesterday. Uh, one of his former players spoke out about it on Twitter. Kwame, I'm not sure if you read about it or did you hear about it? I heard about it. And, and, and Nick Saban weren't more worried about winning the national championship. What's a head coach? Uh, there's no problem with a head coach doing that. But when a program doesn't benefit him, it shouldn't be a program that he – could care less about. He just don't want scouts coming in and interfering with mm-hmm. with uh, what he's trying to do. Completely understand that. But everything can't be about color. When you tell these kids, and these kids know they can generate and they got life-changing situation of going to college, Nick Saban is all about Nick Saban. And if you don't understand that, you better do Nick Saban research. This is the same guy that left in the middle of the night. I think he was in Miami. I left in the middle of the night, left his team hanging, saying he's not going back to college, not going back to college. Next day, he's gone. You haul and everything. Yeah. Packed up, he's gone. Leaving his leaving these team hanging, he goes back to Alabama. Now, he's a successful head coach. He's a very smart, intelligent guy, but he's a very selfish guy. And most, you know, most people uh, with success, most people, uh, you know, they go play things or do things at a high level, they are selfish. Yeah. But people who are not like that, they can't understand that. I don't agree with Nick Saban at all. I agree more so with Plexico Burris because when there's an issue and it doesn't benefit Alabama or Nick Saban, he speaks out on it. And it's not like he's the only team. And most of his players do go to the league. It's not like he's the only university or college that is getting that treatment. The players um, all over that's being recruited or being drafted, possible draft picks, draft status, they are all over the university. So Nick Saban pretty much needs to shut up and roll with everything, everything. Unless all the other coaches agree with it, then I say, then that's what it is, and you can change it. But when, when things benefit the players, but the players can't change it, 
Now, where's the support in the backing to that? Well, who's speaking about on that? Yeah. Because there's a lot of things the players want to do and change. They can't do it because you, now you just consider them just athletes, student athletes. Yeah. And most universities are just athletes. Right. And you're right. In a majority of places where you go, you're just an athlete. You, pretty much, you know, you don't even think about the dream doesn't really start to become even truer until, like, your, you know, your later years in college. Right. The reason why these guys are even going to college football is to chase that dream. I'm going to tell you that now. That dream is to put it on that I know, NFL. I know unit. most of them are. Yeah. I went to Kansas. Yeah. I went to Kansas, and I had guys at KU talking about, we here to play football. I thought that was crazy. I said, you at this great university. You at this great university. All you have to do is graduate from the Kansas. Everywhere. I'm on the plane. I got on my Kansas hat. Mm-hmm. Everybody talking about rock chalk. And you know how they do. When they say rock chalk, I say go KU. It's, it's like saying hi, hello. Yeah. That's like a greeting to us. But <laughs> you going, these guys, like you said, most of them just going there for football. Most of them just going there for football, man. Yeah. Like, they fool themselves. Yeah, most of those that's guys. Why, that's why the word student athlete, in, in, in most cases, and so I guess I'll, I'll say some cases just to be somewhat accurate. In some cases, it's a, it's a mirage. Mm-hmm. These are athletes that you got from an inner city somewhere. You know they can play ball. You're not so much worried about controlling their mental or putting a, a psychological eval on them to see what drives them, what do that. You want to know how you can get the most and maximum out of them for football to win a national championship. After that, you have no more business, no more doing with it. I know some guys, I'm talking to guys now, that don't even go back to their university because some coaches don't welcome, welcome them back. I mean, yeah, the new coaches don't welcome them back, don't want the alumni. Whew. Your football cannot be advanced. Man, Kwame. alumni doesn't, doesn't come back. Man. You, 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 you open the vault. You, you open up the, the, I, I the door. My goodness. I thought we was running. My goodness. You opened up the – that's not what they're supposed to know about. But now that we're here, you know, now that the, the vault is open, I mean, you hit it right head on. This is the – you know, this is the behind-the-door scene that, you know, a lot of natural fans or people who review college football, college basketball, that just – they just, just do not see. When you're on that campus, you see your athletic director – very few times, but some way, somehow, he knows so much about you, which he doesn't. And then, right. same deal down to the coaches aspect. They only see you for a certain period of time. They don't know really who you are, what they're sold on. Because guess what? While you're dreaming and chasing after that NFL goal to what? Provide that money for your family, for yourself to live forever. Guess what these coaches is doing as well? They're chasing that next dollar bill, that next big-time job, that next big-time recruit. They're not thinking about what they have now because the football is never going to stop. So what they have now what they don't have is what they're going to gain later. Plexico Birds hit it right on the head just as well as you. I'm going to let you calm down a little bit. My goodness. I'm I'm calm. I'm calm. You should not open the door so easily like that, man. You should uh -uh. get the key back. But you remember that coach, man. You remember that coach. I'm I'm sending my kid to your university. I'm sending my kid to this coach for a reason. You remember that coach, the basketball coach at uh at uh Rutgers? He 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 an idiot, man. Yeah. How is he allowed to be around kids anymore? Is uh beyond amazing to me. Yeah. He he throwing balls at kids, and I'm like, where are these kids from? Because I would have been jumped on him. I would have been did some work to him. Mm-hmm. He throwing football. He throwing basketball at kids. Called them all kinds of names. That is not coaching. That is harassment. Yeah. And, you know, the kids are so bought up into, oh, you know, I, I, there's nowhere else I can go. In, in order for me to get to that next level of basketball, I have to go through this. Right. You know, that's just what they had to go through. But 
according, you know, what Plexico Burris came out and just ranted on his Twitter account. I'm 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 gonna let you read this. I'm gonna let you hear this. Uh, he he here now because you know he played with under Coach Nick Saban at Michigan State from '99 to 2001, and he was in which he stated Nick Saban looked his players in the face at the meeting, said he wasn't you know said he wasn't leaving. He said I'm committed to the program. It was gone the next day. True story. Just like you how you how you said how he left from Miami, and you know jumped to Alabama, and Plexico Burris goes on to say that. Now Nick Saban players are being distracted by the NFL chasing a dream. Ha ha. Tell me your story, Nick. LSU showed you the money. You was gone. Ha. He continued on and said, I recall Nick Saban telling me to stay in school, finish what I started. I wasn't a first-round pick, and he left for LSU before the season was over. Now Nick Saban goes on TV saying that kids are distracted by NFL projections while the kids are just chasing the dream that you were. Money, dollar signs. Come on, Nick. Nick Saban is a hypocrite, and and like I said, if you don't know Nick Saban, do your Nick Saban history or how he abandoned different places. And what he did was 100% right, but don't tell somebody else they can't do it. What he did was got a better opportunity. Maybe it, maybe it was a lateral move, but if it wasn't a lateral move, he was always going up. Look where he is now because he made those moves to be on top of the college rankings. Be one of those coaches that NFL uh Owners and GMs come to and say, "Would you want to coach and lead again?" But he got the opportunity to coach and lead, and he left. He abandoned it because mm-hmm. he couldn't tell the players what to do because those were grown men. And that's the same thing with the mother coaches, like the basketball coach at Rutgers, talking to these kids crazy, and you holding their future over their head and, and making them do things that they don't want to do. I, coach me and coach my kids hard as you want to. Right. Don't disrespect them. But Nick Sedman and his hypocritical conversations and talks. Don't tell me I can't do something when you do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta create a life for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Nick, like Nick Saban does the same deal. And the funny aspect is how Nick Saban just jumped from job to job, and now he's just, you know, the college coaches in the college football coach, you know, coach of the year, the coach of the decade, the coach to watch and the mentor from. He he came out and stated, told Plexico Birds himself, you're going to be a second-round pick, period, Right. regardless. Hello, when Plexico Birds got drafted in 2002, he went number eight overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Made a career but, out of but, it. But he told him that to discourage him. Why would you discourage a kid? I thought the purpose of going to college was to to uh, uh, coach a kid at a high level and give him that uh, motivation, give him that courage to want to leave and say it's going to be all right if yeah. you do be a second-rounder. you still practical Bears, Super Bowl champion. you still that guy. Yeah. But but think about this, and, and Nick Saban. It wasn't we talking about him last year going to um, Texas? Yes. Yep. Yeah. But the reason why he didn't go, because a lot of the other stuff, Alabama, man, you had people paying for his house, bought him a house out there, millions of dollars. Right. So when you're talking about him and Alabama, yeah, the house that he sold, yeah. he made a profit off it, but he didn't even pay for it. Pay for it. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me about that that guy. If you gonna, if you gonna put the, everybody else to the fire, then put your feet in there too. Let it get hot. Right. In which he, I think he was a little, you know, he could have just jumped to Texas at any time. I, I, I think he's a little embarrassed because of what he did, you know, with the Miami Dolphins, in which he did at Michigan State. You know, telling players, telling Alabama. Hey, I'm not going anywhere. Then the next day he's gone. He's already done it numerous times in his career thus far. 
I mean, it's, it's something he shouldn't do. And it's like you said before, it happens all the time around at any college, you, at several universities, even at small universities. I remember at Moscow, we had a, you know, we had an All American running back. Kid was, you know, he was going to be projected fourth, fifth round after his junior year. The coach told him to stay one more year, begging him. And then our head coach left the next year before the season started. He was gone. So the kid already committed. You know, uh, he already committed to come back. And the the coach that he, in which he took the player under his wing, you know, watched out for him, told him, you know, you're going to be an NFL player. He dipped out on this last year. And the kid ended up getting injured, got kicked off the team for other reasons. And now he's well, playing the in the CFL. Scary. Yeah. Kid was discouraged, man. You don't use yeah. I'm a little, I, I got to think about my future, too. I'm a, I'm a sophomore junior. And, and somebody telling me I can play at the next level when all I want to do is graduate, and you tell me I can play the next level. But now you got me thinking about some other stuff. You know Damian Anderson. Damian was a yeah. Heisman candidate as a junior. He was, he, he could I think he was like second or third in the Heisman as a junior. Mm-hmm. And could and should have came out and probably in the first or second round. They told him come back at Northwestern, and he wanted to do it for a lot of other stuff too as far as his teammates. Yeah, we love our teammates, but they're going to always be our friends. Right. That was the opportunity gone. Damon came back, didn't have a good year, got hurt a little bit. Right. He played sporadically. Heisman candidate in his junior year, one of the baddest guys in the Big Ten running the football, mm-hmm. and then come back because of uh, uh, reasons that don't have to do with anything on the football field. More so your players and, and you know, you got one of your buddies pass away or stuff like that. You want to come back and you, you want to provide more. You want to mm-hmm. take those chances. That's, that's a chance. Mm-hmm. That's taking a chance. That's stock market on your life. Somebody will give you millions of dollars as a junior. Then why are you going to school and you go to Northwestern, like a, a prestigious university? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not for you to go. Yeah. This guy comes to the Cardinals, and he's still Damon Anderson, as far as what we know of him, the running back and all that, and all that. But he's now a fifth or sixth rounder. Mm-hmm. There's no money in that. Mm-hmm. There's no money in that. Right. You want to change your life. Yeah, not only that, like you like you spoke about before, that courage standpoint, you lose, you know, that you kind of put that doubt in your mind that you probably never even had before. You're probably fighting for, you know, I am going to be this, I am going to be that. Especially coming out of Northwestern, come on now. At that time, yeah, you, you were probably highly motivated, and then you hear one doubt, and that changed your whole courage, changed your whole aspect of it. It, it, this stuff happens all the time. If I'm a head coach, I want to push a guy out for three years. I'm going to tell him, look, I don't want you to be here for four years. We, unless, you know, oh, you I don't want you to be here for two years. You know, it's like, yeah, if, you, if you're here for another year, well, guess what? We'll try it again. We'll get you into the league next year because I know what your dream is. I know what you're chasing. And if I'm not the right fit, then I can go get any job I want, Nick Saban. I can go get any job I want. Don't come out and stay, you know, the kids were distracted. Like months later, after you lost the game, talking about kids were not trying to get injured. So what? You probably looked at the film. That's your job as a coach to get these kids ready, no matter what. Yeah, and when a kid's not trying to get injured, he ain't playing hard. We both, you and I, both know that. But so what? So what? Something bigger in front of him. His college career is done. Football is done. You at Alabama? So, you know, I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Yeah. Look at Calipari. Yeah. He, he had those guys leaving. He t- when he recruited them, he told them, "If you can leave in one year, by all means, go." Because I can recruit some of my other guys to come here and play because they know we play for national championship. Nick Saban plays for yeah. national championship. Yeah. Guys want to go there. Or they want to play. If you don't get the number one guy, the number two guy ain't bad. Yeah. The Nas- I mean, national powerhouse, Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban, you walk into the doors. You sign that letter of intent knowing I got a shot at the NFL. So 
this whole excuse about your junior senior year of grades, please, that stuff starts junior year high school or junior year sophomore year senior year of high school once you give them that scholarship, Nick Saban. Trust me. Believe that. Unfortunately, we got to get out of here. Tomorrow is Friday, Fireball Friday. We will be kicking off the show. Same time. You know where to find us. Demry Lachey is here in studio. Thanks, Mr. Kwame Lasseter, calling all the way from OHIO. Make sure you stay away from Terrell Pryor's uh, tattoo artist. But no, we will I'm catch you tomorrow. He's going to do it for free. <laughs> hey, we'll catch you tomorrow. Kwame Lasseter, Sports Talk Show. We out. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.